Welcome, everyone, to our Politics Guys Midweek show. Now, you might have been expecting to hear Trey and Alexander since they're the ones who did the Saturday show, and typically that's that's how we do the midweek show as well. But uh, in the whole Thanksgiving rush thing, I totally forgot to ask Trey and, and Alexander to do a midweek show. And, and so then uh, Jay and I were recording our uh, our first ever policy analysis in-depth kind of thing on healthcare, which was, which was a, a lot of fun. And I asked him if he'd be willing to, to do the midweek show with me. And Jay being Jay said, of, of course, of, of course, of course. So, so thanks very much. And what we're going to do this week, before we get to some of your questions and comments and Jay, I should uh, preface this by saying both of us uh, come in for some criticism this week. So it's kind of, that's kind of nice. It's usually just All you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Time. yeah. I was gonna say you need me for these shows because usually it's mostly directed. At but me, yeah, so. but no, it, it, we both get nailed out this time, which, which is kind of fun. But anyway, before we get to that, I wanted to thank all of our new Patreon supporters. You, you might recall uh, last week or show after the midterms, I said that we were doing our new gold and goals and tears thing on the Patreon site. And because I was trying to upgrade, make us, you know, try to be a halfway decent marketer, I guess. And, and at that time we had 77 Patreon uh, patrons. And I said, well, if we get to a hundred, I'm going to release my, uh, all of my in- introduction, kind of how American government works, uh, audio lectures, and also the accompanying PowerPoint slides. And since that time, right now, I'm pulling up the page. We have 91 patrons. That was our, that's been our these, biggest. These marketing people know what they're doing. I guess so. You know, uh, that's our biggest. I think single week growth we've ever seen. So. Thank you all so much. I'm, we're almost there. I think we're going to get to 100 in the next week, at which point I will release all that stuff. That'll be, uh, I need to put aside the, some extra time. The for Baranowski that. Manifesto. There you go. But, uh, but, but yeah, so we have our new patrons. I want to thank all of you right now. Seth, Andrew, Cody, Teresa, Lauren, Josh, Michael, Rachel, Martin, Sean, Meg, Adrian, Eric, and Ron, all new Patreon supporters. Wow. And also, Rachel and Nick increased their level of support. And the number you wrote in, uh, Rachel wrote in, Hey, Mike, Jay, and Trav, listened to your show for over a year now, and I can't express how much I love it. I started listening last fall when I was entering my last semester of undergrad. I was taking my last two political science courses that were heavily discussion-based, and the timing of discovering your show could not have been more perfect. Since graduation, I haven't missed a show. I listened while getting ready for work working out, or even to decompress before bed. <laughs> you, wow, decompress. Yeah, I, I is, think she's usually not, though, what I yeah. would think. But, you know. I think there was a smiley face after that, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> okay. she said, you guys are great, and I'm so happy to be able to support such a neat show. Thanks for all you do. P.S., the bonus of having access to Mike's, to Mike's course and slides was definitely a sweet incentive. Well, Rachel, wait till after you see them to, to think that, but I hope you won't be disappointed, and thanks so much. Um, Next, we have Martin, who emailed to say, Dear Politics Guys, I wanted a podcast that could educate, inform, and entertain. That's the BBC's mission statement, he says, on American politics. You certainly do that. You could improve with a little more humor. Listen to, he suggests, Romaniacs for an example of what I mean. Uh, but keep up the good work, and I look forward to the next podcast. And Romaniacs, Jay, is apparently this podcast about uh, uh, the it's in the UK about the Brexit, the anti-Brexit oh, okay. sort of people. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, anyway. th- yeah, thank you all, though. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I try to be. I try to be funny. We try, yeah, but you know, sometimes sometimes people feel we go a little too far. Too, right. I don't know. But anyway, it takes all kinds. Uh, uh, Sean wrote in. Uh, Thank you so much for creating your wonderful podcast. It seems like every year our country becomes more polarized and divided, and one of the reasons is because of the hyperpartisan mainstream media that most of us are exposed to every day. Your podcast does a great job at attempting to present both sides of political discussion in a mature and thoughtful way without resorting to personal insults, which is almost unheard of these days. And he, he continues, although I would describe myself as a moderate Democrat, and I don't always like what Jay has to say, I know what you mean, um, I do appreciate his efforts to share the conservative perspective of different arguments, and I do believe that he is a good man whose personal beliefs just happen to differ from mine. I definitely, oh, thank you. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. <laughs> I definitely believe I've grown tremendously over the past year by listening to your podcast, and I credit your show for helping me become more objective and open-minded in my political thinking. Thank you again for everything that you all do, especially to Jay, who is too often vilified by your listeners. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. That's the that role one. I've been assigned in life, I there think. You go. you gotta, someone's got to be the heavy on this show, and it's yeah. not going to be me, Jay, that's for sure. Um, and then finally, Seth wrote, I'm not going to lie. It was your Patreon ploy for more supporters that brought me into the politics guy's fold. Ha! Marketing works. Um, then he says, furthermore, in his 1864 Thanksgiving proclamation, Honest Abe declared, it has pleased Almighty God to prolong our national life another year. And in my own words, I'm glad folks like you seek to engender a kind of dialogue befitting Lincoln's tone within our time. I like oh, that. The fitting Lincoln Stone. I sometimes I don't know if we actually meet that standard, but that's a lofty standard and and a good one to shoot for. I think. Yeah. So there you go. And and so thanks everyone again. And if you want to join all of our new supporters and get us over that a hundred supporter uh, mark, so that I can release all those all those audio uh, t- audio recordings and powerpoints, then you can crit- critique the heck out of them. Uh, I'm gonna love to hear. It. That'd be great. Uh, just go we to, really should do coffee mugs or something, right? We have we have we actually have. Didn't if you go to the site, yeah. if you go to the site, you can buy Politics Guys gear. Absolutely, it's still there. But 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 yeah. So we give them. We should. Well, yeah, you know, we could do that, actually. That, maybe that's another tier. I don't know. We should investigate that. Good idea, Jay. Yeah. Marketing, once again. I'm just reminiscent of one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits was, you know, the PBS uh, fun drive where the, your choice of premiums of the Robert Maplethorpe tote bag or the yes. abortion yes coffee <laughs> mug. So yeah, yeah, you're old enough to remember that. Absolutely. Well, well, and of course, important part of marketing is saying where you go to, to give us your money, right? Is that's uh, politicsguys.com slash support, or just go to politicsguys.com and you'll see the, the Patreon sort of thing. So thanks very much. All right, moving on. Uh, I wanted to mention that, as, as, uh, as I mentioned at the top, that this last Saturday, Trey did a show with Alexandra, and as, as long, longer-term listeners would know, this is the second show with Trey and Alexander. We're trying to expand, bring on new voices, new perspectives, that sort of thing. And after our first shows with Trey and Alexandra and Trey and Athena, a listener re- re- response was, I would say, kind of lukewarm, I guess. And it seemed to me, Jay, that part of that, I remember our first show. Um, right. Boy, that was pretty, I don't even want to think about it too much. But that first, you know, kind of first show, trying to getting a feel for what you're doing and it's, it can be a little nervous making and that sort of thing. And so I thought it would make sense 
to give both Alexandra and Athena kind of a second show now that they have a sense of things and so forth to get the listener response based on that, which I think would give a better sense of what they would be like as potentially uh, another like once a month host. So yeah, for those of you who've listened to the show with Trey and Alexandra, please, it's really important that we get your feedback. So let us know what you think. And again, uh, um, mail@politicsguys.com, or you can just respond on the Facebook page and so forth. That would be really helpful to us. So, all right. Um, so let's move on to listener uh, comments. If you're ready, Jay. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Always ready for listener comments. Oh yeah. In response to our show on the 2018 midterms, uh, let's see. John wrote in with the following comment on our website, politicsguys.com. Mike needs to be less obnoxious. Saturday with him. <laughs> Saturday with him sucked. Bi- <laughs> bipartisan. Count how many times Mike called the Dems my party. Total crap. <laughs> and, and I got to say, this is my comment of the week. I love John's comment because sometimes my favorite comments are the ones that just go off like that because it, it shows a certain passion. And I kind of like that as long as it doesn't you know, turn unhinged or anything like that. But, you know, and I think it brings up. And John is not, John was not unhinged. No, no, not at all. Unhinged. No, we've, we've seen unhinged, especially recently in, in our, in our Facebook group a little bit, but no, this is not unhinged. This is just, this is just pleasantly passionate as far as I'm concerned. And, and I wanted to address John's comments, you know, the Democrats, what we mean by bipartisan, this is why I think this is an important comment. By bipartisan, we don't mean splitting the difference. We don't mean, you know, kind of a mushy middle sort of thing. We mean that I am honestly and openly a partisan of the Democrats left, not because they're the Democrats, but because ideologically and in terms of policy solutions, I agree with them far more often than not. And Jay, I think the same is, is it's fair to say for you on the on the conservative side you know you're not going yeah. to disagree with donald trump just because he's donald trump right you know and so right no i mean it's uh nor nor would i agree with donald right. trump just because he's a republican so well, i mean we're not we're not just picking yeah. a team and sticking with them but but there's a reason why i mean the democrats are my party i identify with them i think there are good reasons for it it's not just tribalism on my side but um but but so we're not trying to just kind of oh can't we all get along? I mean we'd like to you know, believe that certainly, but we're not trying to hide our partisan affiliation. In fact, I I would argue that that's far more dishonest. And we see a lot of the mainstream media basically try to say, well, we're just talking about the facts and the truth and honest analysis without yeah. saying, hey, no, we're coming at this from a decidedly liberal or a decidedly conservative standpoint. That's why I'm oftentimes so disappointed with say vox because they pretend to be this kind of neutral arbiter of explaining the news when it seems to me patently obvious that they have a pretty clear left-wing bias now a lot of times i share that bias but i wanted to be honest about it. same thing fox news on on the right yeah so, no i i agree with that a hundred percent and i'll tell you that's one of the biggest um uh frustrations of a conservative living in america uh, is the sense that the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, call it straight down the middle. Um, 
uh, whereas anything else is is far right. And I, I agree. Yeah, I think it's much better to have sort of truth in labeling. Um, uh, and also, I would uh, on, on the the weekend after election, I will I will forgive you a little bit of uh, triumphalism uh, with uh, with the Democrats taking the the House. Uh, that's that's necessarily just that's part you know. And, and look, and that that's a little bit of the fun of this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we talk about serious stuff. And yes, I think it is a, a national tragedy that uh, the Democrats are taking the House and Nancy Pelosi will be speaker. Um, but I also but on the as lighter a conservative, side. As, as a, <laughs> on the lighter side, as a conservative, look at the the big, you know, sweeping scope of history sort of thing. And, and uh, the Democrats taking the House. Uh, I, I look at this as, as, you know, not tremendously changing the course of history. Uh, I'd rather the outcome have been different, but uh, uh, again, we don't have to um, uh, dig ourselves into into foxholes on 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 every yeah, every issue. Absolutely, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there was another uh, listener comment in response to our midterm show. Uh, Jesse wrote in saying, uh, "I hate to say it, but I really don't think Mike is far enough left to be your show's backstop idea guy for half of the country." While, to your credit, you always acknowledge that there is a progressive wing to the Democratic Party, this admission is typically couched in a dismissive, they're crazy, but we put up with them kind of way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. In the most recent episode in which Mike didn't think that Trump will be impeached, it really struck me how unrepresentative of the left Mike's views really are. This doesn't mean that Mike isn't a great guy and a great co-host for the show, just that he shouldn't be the left's chief defender on your allegedly balanced show. The fact that Mike remains deeply skeptical of the Mueller probe, despite the mounds of public evidence, criminal guilty pleas, and felony convictions, makes him unqualified to be the sole advocate for the left. Surely you can find someone who follows the Trump-Russia case in detail and is of the very common opinion that Trump is a career criminal and that this will result uh, from from Mueller's eventual report will make Watergate look like a minor tiff at a garden party. He says, I'm not saying Mike should hold this position. Mike is just fine the way he is. I'm just saying that if Mike can't steal man this, this position, you should bring on someone who will. Otherwise, you're going to look extremely naive when the Trump administration implodes in an apocalypse of criminal convictions and your show hasn't even considered this as a possible outcome. Your unrepresented listener, Jesse. All right. Well, there's always Ken. Well, yeah. And that's one of my, that's one of my common responses is that, you know, Ken is to the left of me now that I, I mentioned that to someone earlier and they said, well, yeah, but Ken supported Pelosi as speaker, but on the Russia issue, Ken is definitely, to the left of me, but but I wanted to first correct the misconception. I'm not skeptical of the Mueller probe. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for the probe to conclude and for there to be some sort of a report that we say. I don't know what sort of evidence Robert Mueller's gathered. Nobody knows. I mean, well, that's people inside the investigation. Oh, a people yeah. Know. yeah but from what and from, i i can i can and i can hazard some guesses yeah but, but from but from what we can tell this is a remarkably tight operation it's been fairly not leak proof but they've held things pretty close and i don't know what they're going to conclude but i don't want to jump to any conclusions you're right they certainly have you know there have been some charges there have been some guilty pleas and so forth but to me i'm still waiting and if if 
the weight of the evidence to me suggests that Donald Trump is demonstrably beyond a reasonable beyond a reasonable doubt criminally culpable or having you know has engaged in certain treasonous activities then I absolutely do think he should be impeached and convicted but I just my sense of things is that's not going to happen but if that does happen I absolutely want him to be impeached and convicted despite what I would see to be the potentially negative political ramifications I just this is just my sense of it and I could be wrong is I think that the president insulated himself enough from any sort of direct involvement in whatever was determined to be going on so that it will not raise rise to the level of where you know enough senators will vote to convict or even where there'll be impeachment proceedings so if that means I'm skeptical I guess that's that anyway that's my position no collusion that's what I hear you saying Mike <laughs> I, um, I am definitely not saying that I'm saying um, I haven't seen enough evidence to uh, to act and you know I, I would I would like to think that this is the standard of proof we should we should hold regardless of who right. the president that, is that's sort of the core value I think that that both of us try to uphold is that um, we're not going to uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, you reserve judgment till you, till you have the evidence. Yeah. And, and on the other part of what Jesse had to say, you know, I think, I think he has a point. I am not as progressive as some progressives. I wouldn't call myself a progressive. I mean, I call myself a Berkey and liberal, which means by definition, I'm skeptical. Just of, kind of like a Jewish nun. Yeah. But. Well, you know, but anyway, um, but I, I'm skeptical of massive change for a lot of reasons. And I've talked about this, you know, a great length, both of us have in, in the past. And so that's one of the reasons why we're looking at bringing on people who are a little bit more. So in that sense, I think, yeah, Jesse, you're right. And I think, you know, Jesse makes a good point is saying that I shouldn't try to be someone I'm not because that would come off as inauthentic and fake, but that's why we have Ken on sometimes. And that's why, you know, whether it's going to be uh, Alexandra or Athena or somebody else that I, I think, yeah, it's nice to have a more left of center voice than, than, than me on the show. And we're working to do that. And I think, yeah, you're right, Jesse. So there you go. I'd, I'd also defend you on other, another, another, uh, oh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know what, we, what we try to do here, there's sort of two components to it and, and one is analysis and the other is sort of advocacy. And I, I tend to think, and I try to, I hope that the analysis is, is the bigger piece of it. Right. Um, and I think sometimes people confuse the two, and and just because uh, you you say that you don't think Trump will get impeached, that's sort of your your analytical view, just based on what you know and the politics of it. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily your your argument that he shouldn't be impeached, right? Right. Um, and and likewise, I get I get sort of the same same blowback a lot of times, where I'll say something about. Um, you know, I'm I'm in favor of of some Trump policy, or I'm I'm not against people who are against uh, some Trump policy uh, enough, um, or or I simply say I don't think, uh, you know, something will happen that that just because I don't think it'll happen. Um, that's that's sort of analysis, and and again, analysis is always to some extent colored by where you're coming from ideologically. Um, but uh, it, it's not a, a sense of, of being just a, a blind cheerleader and saying, uh, this is the way I, I, this is what I think will happen because this is what yeah. I want to happen. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think there's that distinction between 
what I think might be best politically for the party I identify with. Sure. And also what I think, and sometimes what's best politically is not what I think is in the best interest of the country or the institutions in the long term. Like, for instance, in this case, if there's reasonable evidence that Donald Trump, in fact, was directly involved in high crimes and misdemeanors, however we want to define that, then I think he absolutely should be impeached. And I want it to go to a, to a Senate trial, even if he is not, in the end, convicted, because it's important to hold people to account. And, to, and, and that might mean, that might be, you know, be bad for my party, as I call them, in terms of political ramifications. It might even be worse, you could argue, if President Trump is impeached and convicted in the short term, because then you get a you get a President Pence and that sort of thing. I've talked about that. But at some point, you have to say, well, what's what's the best thing in the long term for the health of these institutions? And that's one of my big problems with Donald Trump is that I don't think he he cares at all about our institutions. And that, to me, I think is is just tragic. But that that transcends party. Yeah. Um, And with that, I'll just remind listeners that that I I think from an analytical standpoint that Trump will not get impeached or there there will be no impeachment proceedings. I think you're wrong. You know, you you think there will be impeachment proceedings. And I I think they're wrong. All right. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. I don't want there to be I don't want there to be impeachment proceedings, but I'm just the way I look at it. I I think there probably will be. Yeah. Well, we we will see. I'm certain we'll see. Yep. Or, you know, you, you might recall, Jay, that also that same uh, last week we did the show that uh, we did a story on the FDA and e-cigarettes. Yes. And I made that sort of offhand kind of comment like, oh, geez, come on. Like, you really need you really need fruit flavored e-cigarettes to quit smoking. That seems like a ridiculous argument. Well, I, I heard about it from some listeners. Um, Zach was one of them. He wrote it on politicsguys.com and he said, um, I'm sorry. But the ignorance from Mike on the e-cig conversation is absolutely astounding. I, yeah, it's always a good start. I started smoking the real thing as a freshman in high school and had no trouble getting them. Prior to quitting cigarettes four years ago with the assistance of e-cigs, I was smoking two packs a day. And guess what, Mike? My go-to flavor was one of those candy-flavored nicotine products. Fruit Fruit Loops, followed closely by strawberry milkshake and lemon meringue pie. Despite you claiming it to be a stretch, if I was restricted to basic tobacco flavors, I never would have quit. And, you know, Zach wasn't the only one who wrote in. He he went on to, he was actually really helpful, and he included some links in his comments to help educate me on this. And um, a couple other listeners wrote in along similar lines. And, you know, it was one of those cases where it was just sort of a throwaway line on my part. And, and, and they had a good point. You know, I hadn't really done my homework on that particular point. I was just saying something. And that's the one thing I love about our audience is oftentimes when we do something like that, listeners will say, hey, you know, I don't think you really thought this through. And when that happens, I'm happy to say, well, show me the evidence. Zach was willing to do that. We had, uh, actually, one of the other people who commented in is someone who I'm hoping to interview for a future show. And so I just contacted her, uh, an author, and she said, yeah, I saw your e-cigarette thing, and you're totally wrong on that. She's a, a, a an <laughs> economist, actually. It's like, oh, well, okay, maybe I need to look at this a little more. And so I just wanted to say to everyone who commented on that about my ignorance, thank you. You know. Uh, I really appreciate it. I did a little more research and it seems to be a more 
complex issue than I would have appreciated on the whole candy flavored thing. You know, I was thinking about that, Jan. I thought, well, you know, maybe part of the reason why I, I, I kind of made that remark is I actually used to be a smokist many, many years ago. And I quit long before there was any of this e-cigarettes or even really before right. nicotine patches. I just quit like a man. Right. I quit. I said one day, I will no longer do this. And that was it for me. You were, you were only an occasional smoker. It well, was a, uh, I was, I was, a, as I recall, I, well, yeah, I, that's country night. I quit all I quit all at once after, uh, after taking, uh, after taking three or four years to be an occasional smoker, that's kind of how that works sometimes. So maybe I'm over overestimating my willpower, but, uh, maybe part of it was just envy. I didn't have fruit loops right. or lemon meringue pie or anything. I just had a man up and quit and so forth. So I don't know. But anyway, even if you had them, you certainly have chosen a more manly flavor. Certainly, you know, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, th thanks so much everyone for taking the time to comment about that. I really do. Uh, I really do appreciate it. So there we go. Um, okay. Moving on. Let's see here. Brian made the following comment on our website, which came after uh, several listeners raised questions about some of the examples, Jay, that you used in a recent discussion. Uh -oh. So I'm not the only one that gets nailed here on this episode. Brian wrote in, what responsibility does a host of the politics guys have to truth and facts when forwarding an argument? Given that the purview of the program, as stated in the episode, each episode's introductory statement, is to provide rational bipartisan civil debate, is there not a danger in allowing unsubstantiated rumor to be used as Ill illustrative examples that forward a partisan position? While most of the program's hosts from all sides of the political spectrum appear to respect this intent, striving to utilize historical evidence and research conducted by respected third parties and always clearly indicating when they're drawing upon personal presuppositions in their argument, Jay seems to have progressively tipped over into a more anecdotal, even conspiratorial, style of uh -oh. rhetoric from his repeated denigration of the liberal media which he seems to extrapolate out into a concerted effort to discredit all conservatism his allusions to a dark web infiltrating the fbi and doj his embrace of any whisper around clinton family impropriety past suggestions that protesters at rallies are paid operatives to some of his most recent episodes, assertions about rampant voter fraud at Democratic candidates smeared for sexual impropriety and claims of election fixings by a crook in Florida, Jay seems willing to entertain and even actively promote specious, unverified innuendo that muddies the water of any civil substantive discussion. With a president and White House that have spent the past two years brazenly embracing dissembling and fraud, now willing to contradict demonstrable evidence if it disproves their assertions and release doctored video footage to discredit members of the media, is it not more important than ever for figures such as yourselves to maintain a level of rhetorical decorum that at least respects the principles of fact-based reasoning? There we go. So, Jay, right. have at it. Well, I guess on the, the first, uh, that was a long list. That was um, a long list. The the uh, on most of those things, I'm I'm not quite sure what the the listener's talking about. Okay. Uh, I don't think I ever uh, talked about paid protesters. I don't think I. What were some of the other ones? Let's see. Uh, denigration of liberal media. Well, I do that. I suppose. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm. Uh, that I, was I the first I, one. I think, I am a, I think look, let's to the extent I, I I believe that most of the mainstream is media is liberal. Uh, I'm hardly alone in that, and I think you can uh, find plenty of examples. And I've 
I've used those examples, and if you want to call that anecdotal, well, I mean, it's also you could just read the read the stories. But um, the second one, there? the second one was uh, a dark web inf- infiltrating the FBI and DOJ. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I've certainly called out that there are uh, issues uh, when you have sort of the stroke page uh, texts. Um, I think it's again not unreasonable to take a view that. The Department of Justice uh, does not um, support President Trump and that there are efforts to have, make sure he was not president or make sure his presidency was well, not successful. Let, let, again, let me... see, see sort of the, um, uh, you know, again, Andrew McCabe um, or, or the uh, uh, memo regarding the uh, 26th Amendment, um, you know, this, that, let, that sort of thing. Well, let me I, ask I don't you think this. that's a dark web. But... Okay, yeah, let me ask you this because I think maybe it's a phrasing thing. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth when you say, the Department of Justice didn't want him to be president. Now, I can see where people would. Okay, yeah, because I could hear where people would say and say, well, there was a concerted effort by the department as an institutional entity. Now, you could be saying that, or you could be saying that there were certain individuals in the department who said things and perhaps even yes. did things that may have. Uh, so I don't know which. I don't. Yeah. Again, no, I, don't I, wanna, I, I would say there were there were certain individuals. Individuals, those individuals uh, tend to uh, operate at, at high leadership positions. Yeah. Um, now, the inspector but, general said that they said things, but they didn't actually do things. And, and that right. was in the one or investigation that was done of that. Yeah. yeah. And so that would be the, I would think, we talked about that before. But okay, um, yeah. let's see, the third thing. Um, I would say, the, let's put this with you. My, my inference is, is not uh, uh, without basis, in, in fact. Okay. Uh, the next thing is your embrace of any whisper around Clinton family impropriety. Um, I'm not sure about that one exactly. I need more specifics on. Uh, uh, we've talked which about impropriety. Yeah, we've talked because about there's one. look, look. I mean, look. Let's let's be straight here. There's there are a lot of Clinton family improprieties. <laughs> At um, least alleged I mean, ones. Right, right, yeah. You gotta. Um. So, uh, for example, let's put it this way. No, did did I? believe that uh, Hillary Clinton was running a uh, child uh, uh, kitty porn ring uh, out of a uh, Washington pizza shop. No, I, 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 I felt that was kind of far-fetched. Um, am I concerned with the fact that uh, the, the, the amount of money the Clinton Foundation raked in uh, during its existence during her tenure as Secretary of State is tied to um, uh, favors or, or attempts by foreign governments to curry favors? Uh, yeah, I think that's a concern, and I think that'll be a concern for a lot of people. Um, I'm concerned that uh, Bill Clinton received a half million dollar payment from uh, the Russian government, uh, uh, yet we're we're talking about uh, concerns over uh, you know Russian collusion and Facebook ads. Um, which is which is yeah. not to say I would hope that you're not concerned about this stuff when Republicans are the targets. No, no, of course not. Of okay, it's fine to make I, that. I, because you know, there's yeah. that there's uh, that whole argument of it's sometimes called on on the on, on, on discussion forms that meet uh, that that was it me tooism me tooism yeah what yeah. about is there I knew it was an ism and so I mean it's not saying that well because they do it it's okay that we do it or something like that. right okay right. okay um, um but I mean I, I think I think again those are legitimate things those are those are actual facts those are uh, uh those are uh, you know this is not some conspiracy theory that I've simply made up. All right. right. Um, I mean, yeah. it's, it's off record. He he took the money. He made a speech in Russia. He took the money. Um, well, it's a one uh, thing to say that there are certain issues that potentially could be 
linked to something that's improper, unethical, or illegal. It's another thing to say that there is sort of a a, a deep, uh, thoroughgoing conspiracy to whatever defraud or run a criminal enterprise, or that you know the somehow the RICO statutes apply to the Clinton organization in some way. Or, I don't think I've said any of that. Right, but I mean, I think sometimes people make that connection. That's all I'm saying. You know. All right. So, um, uh, no, on the vote, the voter fraud issue in Florida, uh, um, yeah, I absolutely stand by what I said there. And I, I think I even cited to uh, the Miami Herald was where I was getting my information. Um, uh, and you could look at the various court filings uh, against uh, Brenda Snipes, uh, the court outcomes, what the court has said. Uh, and she recently tendered her resignation after all of this. Um, so again, I'm, I'm happy to, to stand by that portion. I, I certainly remember saying those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I, uh, if you'd like, I can get more references to, to uh, where the, the <laughs> Snipes uh, uh, escapades are chronicled. Um, yeah. But uh, again, this is not something that is, that is sort of of these, you know, that I pulled off Breitbart or, or, or some far right uh, thing or, or some, uh, uh, you know, fake news Facebook kind of post. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel that even though you and I disagree on a lot of things, we do share that 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 commitment to the facts. Uh, and so, in instances, and I think this ties in really well with the uh, the, the previous listener comment on the e-cigarette thing, is that I know when I am presented with data that challenges something that I say on the show, I, I'm sometimes I wouldn't say necessarily I'm happy to look at it. It hurts to be wrong, obviously, but I, I believe that that's an important value. That's a critical value. And if somebody shows me that I was misguided or perhaps that I didn't consider all the facets of, uh, of a story of a topic, then I want to know about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to come out and try to make that correction, retraction, whatever, just as, you know, just as prominently as, as I made that statement. And Jay, I, I you know, I think that you, you share that commitment, right? Yeah. There was one time I was wrong about uh, Texas voter ID laws. There you go. So, yeah. So please, if listeners. But nothing else occurs to me yeah. at the time. <laughs> well, you're wrong a lot, but you know, anyway. Uh, but yeah, if you hear us, if you think that we're factually wrong, we're missing on something, you know, we we want to hear from you. We're not just going to bury it and try to, you know, try to ignore what you're saying. You know, we're, we're, we're imperfect as well. And so if you can correct us on something, please do. We'd love to hear from you. So, all right. Uh, I think that pretty much does it for listener, uh, listener, listener questions, comments, that sort of thing. But Jay, before we go, you know, oftentimes we do a what we're reading sort of thing. And there's something I've been reading lately. I just wanted to mention to folks. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I read a lot of books. Um, that's probably a good thing. Uh, and a lot of books. Mike, about- Mike reads more books than anyone I have ever known. <laughs> in my really? And I'm, I, I mean that quite. That's a tremendous compliment. I mean, well, I thank you. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, you know, good. And, and all the books are like all kind of everything. I mean, I can remember when we were, we were roommates, you would read like, like a book a night. I mean, it was. I, I, I kind of, I'm eclectic, I guess would be the kind yeah. of way of saying it. But one of the books I'm reading right now is a book called Why Liberalism Failed. Um, it's by uh, a political philosopher out of Notre Dame, uh, Patrick Deneen. It's, it's an amazing, it, this is one of those books that even if you disagree with, it's just, it's a fascinating uh, a thesis. And his, his idea is essentially that liberalism, this hundreds of years old experiment. His, that being being the, the broader sense of liberalism, not what we would. Yeah. Liberal democracy. Liberalism. Yeah. Yeah. Liberal democracy has essentially 
failed us. And it, 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 the whole argument is, is really not so much intricate, but the biggest part of it is that, well, essentially, we set up a system where we have basically two, uh, we have two sort of supports for our, uh, if you will, culture, and those are just the market or the state. And increasingly, there are no other alternatives. We've destroyed everything but the market or the state. And this idea, which is a very, I felt, kind of Burkean idea in many ways. I that to say, Burke would be upset about that. Exactly. That there used to be these smaller, more organic institutions that were built up from local customs and, and communities and, and, and belief systems. That's largely gone away, and it's been destroyed in large part by either the market and the state. And he argues that it's actually kind of a false dichotomy that this, we have this whole liberals versus conservatives when really they're essentially both fighting against these, these kind of organic, smaller base institutions where on the conservative side, the argument is all about markets are the, the solution for everything. We should leave everything to the market. On the liberal side, it's we should leave everything to the state. But at the basis of this, he argues, is this fundamental belief that individual freedom which means essentially, in the modern sense, the liberty to do whatever the heck you want, as long as it doesn't actively harm someone else, is the key good. And he argues that this has made us these kind of atomized, disconnected people, and it's destroyed our communities and destroyed our society. Sort of John Stuart Mill was wrong. Exactly. The John so Stuart Mill was, yeah. was... I haven't read the book. I've read reviews of the book. So that, but, that's yeah. a... And it's, you know, and, and I find myself reading this and going, yeah, 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 but... Because, of course... This argument works really well if, say, you were part of sort of that dominant culture and you felt comfortable in it and so forth. And, you know, what does this mean, though, if, if, you, don't put the if you don't put individual freedom first, what does this mean for groups that never feel fit into or people that never feel fit into that dominant culture? My guess is, is that's kind of the argument as well. That's the price you pay for having this cohesive culture. Some people have to be forced to fit into something that they don't want to fit into. And I, as a product of this culture, have problems with that argument, certainly. But, uh, you know, and it goes back to, uh, to this sort of older idea that what do we mean by liberty? Well, the current idea of liberty, Jay, you just said, you know, John Stuart Mill, it's that I get to, it's liberty too. I can do yeah. whatever I want. But the ancient kind of Greek philosopher sort of idea of liberty was more of a liberty from. It's um, like, yes. how can I free myself from these destructive passions and these destructive desires that enslave me? And that's a yeah. very different conception, you know, and that leads to a very different kind of political world if that's what you believe the real liberty is. And I can, I have a certain amount of sympathy for this, uh, being sort of a, a more or less kind of a, a practitioner or believer in a lot of what Stoicism and Ethical Philosophy has to say about that. So, it's, I, I'm only about halfway through it, but it's an amazing book. I'm, I'm hoping that when I get done with it, I'll be able to actually interview uh, Deneen. Uh, I think it'll be a, great, it'll be a great show, but I would highly recommend the book. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm reading these days. Well, that sounds good. I'm just going to comment briefly because it, what it reminds me a little bit of is, uh, and this is a famous piece of, of conservative history, if you're really into like conservative geekdom. Uh, Whitaker Chambers' uh, review of Atlas Shrugged in uh, National Review. Uh, yeah. uh, this was this this huge splinter that that you know between the conservative movement and sort of the Ayn Rand uh, libertarians, 
and 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 Chambers sort of brought on the the sort of the same criticism that that uh, uh, Rand proposed this very cold, um, uh, completely market-based uh, libertarianism where everyone would just do their own thing, uh, and if that you weren't really um, uh, <laughs> a a producer, if you weren't uh, doing something worthwhile, then uh, in his words, you know, get thee to the gas chamber. Yeah. Um, and I think I think you know so much of of what traditional conservative is conservatism to, is to me is it it's balanced by by two ideas and one is the free market and that that economic liberty uh but is it's also there is the religious or spiritual or whatever you want to call it that uh while we acknowledge this market liberty uh we also uh acknowledge that that we are not at liberty to to certain other other factors right and whether and, yeah. that's dedicating voluntarily again dedicating yourself to you know religious principles or or even if it's just some you know community ethical principles uh and, and when a more burkean traditional kind of style uh, uh that 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 kind yeah. of counterbalances uh, the market excesses yeah that idea that people like us don't do things like that why just because yeah. we don't basically yeah and exactly. then, then and it, it may be permissible, but it's not right, and we're not going to do it. And the cost of that sort of cohesion that you get from that is that person who says, but I want to do that, then the answer is, well, too bad. You have to sort of subsume your individuality for the sake of the greater good. And that's, that's a way of thinking that I, I, I mean, that's very non that's very non-Western at this point, you know, essentially, because we've yeah, been, yeah. we've been inculcated in this sort of the individual expression of, you know, flying your freak flag is uh, sort of the, the ultimate yeah. good. And generally speaking, if you're outside of a religious tradition, uh, that's, that's not something that is appealing to you. And that's why I think part of, part of me says yes, but you know, because of that. So anyway, that's my thoughts on that. So well, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, really briefly, my what I, I'm reading because it it kind of just a weird twist of fate kind of falls in the same category. Um, Lionel Trilling's uh, "The Moral Responsibility of Being Intelligent," um, which is just a collection of his essays, and I found this on Amazon. It was one of those like really cheap or free. I you was know, just looking for something. But uh, Lionel Trilling is is one of these fantastic commentators from the uh, early 20th century. Uh, who is I don't know what I don't think you'd necessarily describe him as conservatism a conservative um, although conservatives sort of adopted him he was mm -hmm. kind of a liberal in his day and sort of like an iconoclast um, but it's 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 fascinating just kind of criticisms on what it means what liberalism means and again liberalism in the the bigger Western civilization uh, type uh, right. uh, context like that Mike's talking about here. Um, so I, that's that's what I'm reading, and it's it's fun, and just he's a fantastic writer, and 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 fun to read, um, and I always like getting that sort of bit of cultural criticism from you know, hundred or eighty years ago, just to get a sense yeah. of, of how things looked then, and and how, as to how they look now. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right, well that does it for for this week, and everyone again, uh, remember Jay and I are now doing that uh, very special policy type of thing every three weeks or so. And that's for anyone who uh, is a Patreon supporter at the $5 level or above. And to see all about that and our goals and tiers and levels and all kinds of crazy stuff, politicsguys.com slash support, or just go to politicsguys.com and click on support. And also if you could share this episode, if you feel it's worth sharing, that would be great. We would appreciate that reviews and ratings and iTunes also helps. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, 
mail at politicsguys.com. There's our Facebook page, which has been the site of all sorts of interesting stuff in recent weeks. Um, that's facebook.com slash politicsguys page. Be, people on the Facebook page, be cool. Yeah, right? be, <laughs> yeah very Everybody much so. be cool. Good right? point. <laughs> and we're also on Twitter at politicsguys. The executive producers of the Politics Guys are Michael Baranowski, Jay Carson, Trey Ondorf, Will Miller, and Bruce Johnson. Today's show is produced by Michael Baranowski. We'll be back with a new show on Saturday. We hope you'll join us.